welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Bum, 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 bum. Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> that look on your face that doesn't translate when you don't say anything. Um, that's horrific, and you shouldn't start out that way. Aww. <laughs> I love you, and you're singing. really sad. Your singing voice is awesome, but doing like bum, bum, bum in the mic. People, people don't want to hear that. Do you people want to hear that? Do you know what they want to hear? Um, they want to hear your funny jokes? They want to hear this. Guess what? I I got I'm, I was on I'm on my game. He's kind of on his game because he got the newspaper, but he still hasn't gotten season two of Beverly Hills Nine Two Zero. Oh yeah, that's right. So we're taking a week break from the Beverly Hills, and we will be back next week because somebody is going to the store. Don't, I hope so. That's what she said last week. Don't so. tell her. Your birthday's coming up. Was it going to be an early, early birthday gift? Um, it's going to be a just because I love you gift. My birthday is like two Aww. months away still, so yeah. Ew, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. Anyway, so. It looked like you were trying to make out with your microphone. It's kind of maybe creepy. I was. You should only be making out with me. No, well, maybe you should make out no with me more often. No electronic equipment. <laughs> I guess if I did, that would be shocking. Uh <laughs> Oh, no. Anyway, so, O.J. Simpson trial. One of my favorite things to talk about. Love it. Love it. I eat it up. It's like all that juicy gossip and, you know. What is your deal? Scandal. I just. Okay, so what's going on with the O.J. trial? Well, Robert Kardashian is going to testify because uh, Chris Darden has told uh, Judge Ito that, hey, we know what happened to the bag. The bag that supposedly has the bloody clothes that OJ took from Nicole's house after he killed Nicole and Ron Goldman uh, and went back to his house. Uh, the bag that Kate O'Callan was talking about where it was like, oh, OJ was like, oh, I'll take that bag. Don't, don't you even touch that bag. I'll take that bag. We know where that is. And we're going to talk to Robert Kardashian. We know what happened to it. We're going to talk to Robert Kardashian because apparently Robert Kardashian maybe took it. I don't know. Huh. But uh, wouldn't that make him like an accessory to murder? It would. So how is talking to him going to help? Because he's obviously not going to, uh, you know, put himself in that position. Mate, well, he's kind of, you know, he's a lawyer too. He knows the drill. You got to be truthful. You got to be honest. Uh huh. So he'll he'll lead the fifth because he can't incriminate himself. Maybe, maybe he will, and that would say volumes if he did. To be honest. Yeah. But anyway, so Johnny Cochran was like, "It's all." It's all bullshit, basically. Okay, Johnny. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what he said, but uh, other than that, I'm, I got to tell you, besides 
something we're going to talk about in a second, which is the Oscars. That's uh-huh. the that's the big story. <laughs> Why do you keep looking at me like that? Because you keep doing weird things like going Oscars. That's why. All right. So anyway, besides the Oscars. Yes. That's really the big story in entertainment right now. But I wanted to give you dudes and dudettes a heads up about things going around here. So uh, Cheryl Crow is going to be at the uh, the State Theater. Wow. Um, yeah, she's going to uh, perform there. Uh, tickets on sale at Ticketmaster, everybody. And then we should we should get tickets. I want to go. Oh well, maybe we'll see. The other, the only other thing that I noticed on here on stuff that's uh, coming up soon uh, at the Brazil Coffee House in Royal Oak, uh, a very uh, provocatively named artist uh, named Jewel is going to uh, to perform there. So I was thinking about maybe going down to the coffee house and checking her out. I guess she plays acoustic guitar or something like that. Yeah, that sounds fun. I like coffee. I know her a little bit. You do? I do. Not personally. I've never met her, and I've never talked to her. Okay. <laughs> but I have a friend. So you're like, who is this bitch? I have a friend. Apparently, like, six years ago, I have uh, a friend that uh, six years ago went to Interlochen uh, and studied, you know, in Michigan, and studied uh, some of the... Um, I think he was studying opera or something like that. Okay. Apparently, uh, this jewel person... Uh, whose name really is Jewel. I don't I don't remember what her like, like her birth name? Yes. Wow. I don't remember what her last name is. That's it's weird. Jewel something. But I guess she's from Alaska. But she she was there. She studied uh at Interlochen as well. Huh. And I guess she's been, you know, she's doing the thing. She just had an album released uh in February. Okay. So she's still doing like she I guess she does a lot on the West Coast from what I hear, but she's she'll be at the Brazil coffee house in Royal Oak, if anyone wants to go see her, uh, you know, it's, I think, you know, I mean, you've been to Brazil before. It's like, uh, I think you could maybe get about 20 people in there, 25 people in there, but, you know, it's a nice place to hang out, listen to some music. So she'll be there. Uh, I haven't really, I didn't buy, I haven't bought her, her CD or album or whatever, so I don't, I'm not familiar with it, but, uh, I don't know. She seems cool, so... And a friend of mine knows her, so... Yeah, we'll have to check her out. All right, anyway. So that's basically, you know, all the doings around town. Otherwise, uh, we're talking we're talking Oscars, all right? Yeah. David Letterman. What'd you think of David Letterman hosting? He's fine. It's funny. <laughs> Most people really didn't like it, and it's so sad to me. Yeah? Uh, well, because he did that thing where he was like, uh, Oprah, this is Uma. Uma. Oprah, Oprah, Uma, you know, and, and that didn't go over that well. And uh, I don't know, most like I, I think I love David Letterman. I think a lot of people just don't get his humor, but okay. I, I think he's hilarious. But he didn't really go over that well. Hmm. But the uh, the ratings were big, so I mean that's good. Like it was one of the highest rated uh, telecasts ever, so that's good. But anyway, so I wanted to just go through a couple... I mean, we're not going to do, like... Because last year we did a whole dive of, like, a whole... Hey, let's talk about every Oscar category. Let's talk about all the movies right. and stuff like that. I, there's a lot of these movies we haven't necessarily seen. I think we've seen most of them, but not a ton of them. So I don't want to... I just want to go through a few, like, kind of key categories. See what, uh, what, what you think. Okay. So, uh, Martin Landau... One for Ed Wood. We watched that movie. Yes, we did. He played Bella Lugosi, best supporting mm-hmm. actor. <clears throat> Boris Karloff was a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> now he was up against Samuel L. Jackson, Pulp Fiction, Chaz Palminteri, Bullets Over Broadway, uh, Paul Schofield uh, from Quiz Show. We saw Quiz Show too. That was Paul Schofield was the dad. Um, you know Charles Van Doren's dad. Uh-huh. And then Gary Sinise, Forrest Gump as. Lieutenant Dan. Wow, that's that's some pretty stiff competition. So, what do you think? I think Martin Landau did an excellent job. I, yeah, I really like Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. but I, I mean, honestly, I, if I were voting, I would have voted for Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. But but Martin Landau did do a fine job for sure. I mean, better than fine, excellent job. 
Best Supporting Actress is the one that pisses me off the most. Now, I don't dislike Diane Weist. Okay. I think Diane Weist is fine. I have no idea who she is. Uh, my cousin Alex says that my mom looks like Diane Weist. <laughs> and so, you know, Bullets Over Broadway is a fine movie that we didn't see. Uh, well, you didn't see. But it's I was going to say, why do you think it, say it's fine if you, if you didn't see it? But it's a, it's a fine movie. But Uma Thurman not winning for Pulp Fiction is maybe the biggest tragedy that, that I've ever that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uma Thurman is not in that movie a lot, but god damn she carries that the part of the film that she's yes, in. Yes. For sure. I mean, she is absolutely phenomenal in that movie. She she commands the screen. Yeah. And I it just I don't know. It it I think that's Diane Weiss is fine. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Lange wins uh, Best Actress for Blue Sky. Um, fine. I like Jessica Lange a lot. Uh, I know you were, I think you were po- pulling for uh, Winona Ryder, Little Women. Um, her or Susan Sarandon, honestly. Susan Sarandon was really good in The Client, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I can't. That's, I almost forget that movie because it seems like it was so long ago. But yeah, that was, that was really good, too. Uh, and then... Before we get to the you know the big the big one the big uh, best picture mm-hmm. and everything and best director same same movie uh, best actor Tom Hanks the first back to back best actor winner since Spencer Tracy only the second person to ever do it wow and the first since Spencer Tracy back to back Oscar wins for best actor um I mean Morgan Freeman who could have been a in Best Supporting Actor, kind of the way they fudge things. He could have been Best Supporting Actor. Um, and John Travolta, Pulp Fiction. We've got uh, Paul Newman, Nobody's Fool. I mean, Paul Newman's an a- absolutely fantastic actor, but I don't think anyone thought he was going to take take this. And then uh, Nigel Hawthorne, The Madness of King George, which you haven't seen either. I have not seen it. But uh, that's also a... Uh, uh, I, they, I believe they... they Suspected that King George had uh, acute intermittent porphyria, which uh, was the madness that they're talking about. But um, Morgan Freeman, the Shawshank Redemption, and uh, John Travolta, I think were the oh, I think there. I think were the biggest uh, the biggest competitors against Tom Hanks. What do you think? What do you think about him winning for for Faust Gump? I I think that it's well deserved. I I think that. He is one of my favorite actors. You know, he 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 is just so talented, mm-hmm. and I mean, he he just he sells it. Everything he does, he sells it. Yeah, don't you? Do I sell it? Don't you think so? <laughs> I think yeah. I think he's a fantastic actor. I I, I agree. I, I he was better in Philadelphia, but I mean, I would almost. I think I think it's probably deserved. I mean, I loved Pulp Fiction. Morgan Freeman was very good. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think that John Travolta did a better job than Tom Hanks. I feel like you know he won this. He really deserved it. Yeah, John Travolta is not what makes Pulp Fiction yeah. work. What makes Pulp Fiction work is the writing and the directing. Quentin Tarantino is what what makes it work. Speaking of, I honestly, I best director. Robert Zemeckis won for Forrest Gump. Uh, Woody Allen, Bullets Over Broadway. Uh, Robert Redford for Quiz Show. Quiz Show's a good movie. Not a tour de force in directing, I don't think. Um, what's his name? Uh, Christoph uh, Kozlowski for Red. And then Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tragedy Quentin Tarantino didn't win for Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I agree. I mean that's the best directing. That's the best directing job I think I may have ever seen in my life. But I mean, he did win best screenplay. Yes, best original screenplay. And, yeah. You know, I mean, so he is getting at least some recognition. Yeah, and I I'm agreed. glad for that. He deserves it. But yeah, I yeah. <laughs> and then the nominees for best picture: The Shawshank Redemption, good movie. Uh, I like I liked it. It's you know based on a, a Stephen King novella. You know how I love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, quiz show. We both liked that movie. Yep. Uh, Four weddings and a funeral. Another movie that uh, that you liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I thought it was okay. Um, Pulp Fiction, and then the winner, Forrest Gump. 
I like Forrest Gump a lot, but man, Pulp Fiction, I think, should have won. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, they're both such excellent movies, and they're so different. Yeah, I was going to say excellent in different ways. It's like comparing apples and oranges. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's happened at least, like I said, at least Pulp Fiction. The thing is, Forrest Gump is is a... Great, fantastic movie. It is. Tom Hanks is a fantastic actor. He is. I think, you know, Quentin Tarantino did a fantastic job. Wow. Do you have any more adjectives other than fantastic? I do not, apparently. But I think that it's just more popular. Like, I I feel like Pulp Fiction appeals to a certain group of people and not the broader audience, and I think that that's why Forrest Gump wins, because it does appeal to that broader audience. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's I think that's well said. I think that's a, a good point. Well, except for my lack of adjectives. <laughs> but, no, it, Forrest Gump's a fantastic movie, and <laughs> Quiz Show is also a fantastic movie, <laughs> and um, The Madness of King George is fantastic, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, the the uh, Pulp Fiction—that's the one I'm thinking. I, a Pulp Fiction to me is the better film, just you know, from every aspect yes. of filmmaking. I agree. Directing, writing, cinematography—they did. Robert Zemeckis did a lot of very interesting things with special effects in in uh, Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. and you know that definitely deserves to be commended. And I think that Forrest Gump's a great movie. And, a, you know, a, it, it deserves recognition yes. for sure. I just, I think Pulp Fiction slightly edges it out. But I think I think you're correct in the fact that, that Forrest Gump has broader appeal and Pulp Fiction is more of a niche audience probably. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, this week, we, we watched, what did we watch? We watched a television a televisual program. Oh, I want to hear you say it. Sliders. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> we watched Sliders again. Yes, we we're did. Kind of, we're kind of getting into this Sliders. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a good show, right? Yeah. So, do you want to tell us about Sliders? Do you want me to tell, tell Sliders? Or? I'll tell about Sliders. All right, I'll tell about the movie then. Yeah. So, for Sliders, um, they ended up in... A really bad situation, okay? Like, the kind of nightmare, horrorscape situation oh, yeah. that you don't want to be in. This is terrible. Um, it's like a ghost town. San Francisco is a ghost town. And for some reason, you know, just basically for exposition, they have a television going in one of the shop windows explaining. Yeah. why is the TV still on? No one is in this town. Right. But electricity's still going and there's a TV still on. And I'm assuming that, you know, since the town has been abandoned, that everybody knows what's going on in the world and that they don't necessarily need a history lesson, but they right. give it through right. the news. Yeah. Of these giant spider wasps. Yeah, some place in Brazil decided to breed spider wasps. Oh my freaking god! As a form of pesticide, I guess. Yeah, they like were supposed a, to like take out other kinds of pests. I guess, yeah. But did they never? Did they never think like, oh, what do we do with these though? Right. So apparently, a queen got loose, and you know, just it went insane and spread all the way for, through South America, Central America, and up into North America. And these things are giant too. They're like bigger than a tarantula. Their wingspan is a foot. Oh my god! It's so gross. And there's a swarm heading for them. Mm-hmm. So now I was thinking, I'm, I guess I'm a little confused about how exactly this all works because I thought <laughs> they're stuck there until it's time to go. Well, this is where they messed up. Okay. You said, apparently you said, and first of all, I don't know. How do you build a controller for your sliding thing without being able to actually control it? I don't understand right. this technology at all. But the way the reason the how we messed up was, you set the time for a certain amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you say, I'm gonna go for ten hours. If you try to leave before the ten hours is up, then it's gonna be random. You don't know where the hell you're gonna end up, and that's what happened to them. If you waited, if he had waited for the time to run out, then they would have gone. They would have just gone back to their their world. 
Um, so that's how they messed up in the in the pilot. Right. But now, now they're already not in their world. So Yeah, so now I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to be like they're trying to be like, well, let's wait for the timer to run out. Now the timer's just randomly generating. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna be here for this amount of time. Yeah. And for this one it was forty eight minutes. So I would have just hit for 48 minutes. That's what I thought they were going to do. Well, it said uh, it said on the news report that, you know, was to, meant explicitly for them and us <laughs> that uh, that they were able to, like, burrow into walls and stuff like that. So, Ugh. like, structures didn't really seem to be any kind of refuge. That's terrible. Yeah. Um. So they... They, uh, they somehow, whatever, he's like, okay, we're going to go now. Yeah, so he, he has a way to make it so they can leave right away. And for some reason, they're, like, fighting about who's going first. Right. Like, idiots. So, um, the guy, the crying man. Rembrandt Brown. Rembrandt, yes. He, he says, ladies first, and let's Wade go through. And then jumps through himself and it closes before the other ones can get through. Yeah. So they think that they are now separated like completely. Mm-hmm. They regenerate the portal and go through, but they don't know if they're in the same place or not. Yeah. So Rembrandt and Wade end up in a field in front of a bunch of hippies. Yeah, it's a hippie commune. <laughs> it's kind of a um a, a fortunate uh They side, started choking on patchouli, that's how they knew. <laughs> So, um, they think that they are, like, gods or something. Like, they see them just kind of appear out of thin air. Well, in the hippies' defense, yeah, they just they just see them, uh, they just, they just they see a portal sky, open yeah. and two people come through it. So, yeah, so they're all, like, worshipping them practically. <laughs> right. Um, like, I think um, Mr. Brown could have uh, definitely gotten some action if he wanted. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There was like five girls just fawning all over him and feeding him grapes. It's kind of disgusting. Mm-hmm. And Wade is like put on a pedestal. Like they're asking her questions like she's some kind of oracle or something. Yeah. Um, And then the other two. Oh, what's his name again? Q. Quinn. Quinn. Quinn Mallory. Okay. Quinn and Professor, and Professor Arturo. Arturo. Right. So they end up. Like, basically in the same spot. They're in some sort of industrial area. But it's not mm. the same spot as, as they were? It's, I don't know if it's the same spot as they were. Like, I not, thought that they were geographically supposed to slide into the same spot. That's what I thought, too. But I, that obviously it, has did not, not happened. happened. So, yeah, I don't know. So they're in a different spot. <laughs> yeah, the I don't know exactly what the rules are of this world exactly. Yeah, I mean, I guess they'll figure it out as they go, and we'll figure it out watching. But but here's the thing. Three of those spider wasps go came through, through the portal. Yeah. And two of them fly away, never to be heard from again. I don't know what they're going to do, what's going to happen with them. I mean, hopefully one of them isn't a queen. Right. Well, and we'll never know, because I doubt that we're going to go back to this particular world again. Right. And then the other one is on... Professor oh, Arturo's back. Yes. This gigantic it's like the size of his back. Like the spider's legs are like the whole of his back. Now, when they do the puppet, the puppet looks pretty good and okay. fairly convincing. You know, the puppet on the on when they have the, the puppet of the spider. You think that's a puppet? Oh, for sure. But then when it starts to move, it's some sort of computer graphic. Okay. And it doesn't look good. No. It doesn't look great at all. You can really tell that it's a computer graphic. And Quinn says, hold still. Mm-hmm. I was a quarterback, right? Yeah. In high school. <laughs> in high school. Picks up a rock and chucks at him. And it hits him in the head and knocks him out. Right in the temple. Yeah. Like, he could have freaking killed him. Oh, easily. And I'm and what sorry, happened what to the happened spider? To the, yeah. I mean, we got to assume they killed it because it's gone next time we see them. But, right. Yeah. But yeah, he said, Arturo says, um, <coughs> what kind of quarterback were you? What kind of offense did you run? And he said the wishbone, which for those of you that don't know, like me, means basically it's like an option style offense. So the quarterback runs mostly in the wishbone offense, doesn't pass the ball much. Uh, so, you know, Arturo's like, I wish you would have told me that. Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So they, uh, he, he gets a, like a tie dyed piece of cloth to tie, to tie his head wound. Yeah, it's kind of funny. 
Because it's basically like, because it's like hippies have taken over the world. Mm-hmm. Everything is tie dye. It's like it's like the seventies threw up all over the place. Yeah, or well, the late sixties too. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's um it's weird because it's like basically it's like the sixties never ended. So yeah. there's the hippies there, and then all the cops and all the like authority figures are like strict authoritarians mm-hmm. and like, you know, oh, we're, we don't care about your rights and we'll, fu- you know, we'll kick you in the face and yeah. that kind of stuff. And Oliver North is president. Who is Oliver North? So he was a colonel in the army uh, during the the uh, Iran-Contra affair, which basically in the 80s, uh, Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, his the, him, although it was never proven, but him and like his aides and everything, they sold. Uh, how exactly did it work? They sold. They got drugs from the Contras in Nicaragua, or the, the Contras sold drugs and they gave them money, and then the CIA gave the money to Iran in exchange for weapons, or did they sell Iran weapons in exchange for money? And they gave that to the Contras. Basically, they were they were getting either money or weapons from Iran, and giving it, you know, using that, funneling it illegally mm-hmm. to to um, aid the Contras in Nicaragua, which was the insurgent force against the communist rule in Nicaragua. Um, and he, uh, Colonel Oliver North, was one of the main people, you know, facilitating this stuff. Okay. And uh, there was a, a, a trial, basically, um, where, you know, they called Oliver North. They called Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan basically said most of the time, well, I, uh, I, I don't recall. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Um, and then, you know, Oliver North basically kind of lied his ass off. And, and he was mostly like, so he came off really as like, uh, you know, ultra patriot. It, it makes sense why he'd be the president because he came off as, as like ultra patriot, um, like really authoritarian, uh, you know, we're doing what's right and we're, you know, like, you know, kind of thing like okay. that. Um, so, yeah, that that's who he was. Okay. So, the, um, the hippies that yeah. they have fallen in with are rich, we come <laughs> to find out. That one of their like dads... Like a lot of hippies were in the 60s. Were they? Yeah, a lot of them were like the, the sons and daughters of rich kids. Uh. Well, one of them, the rich parents. I mean, yeah, one of their dads uh, donated the mansion. Yeah, they said it was eighty-six rooms, right, and nine cars. Mm -hmm. So in their commune, they were they were sleeping in tents out on the lawn, but there was this giant house that they could go in, I guess. And they offer him a car because he wants to go look and see if he can find their other friends. Oh yeah, we should point out that they think Wade and Rembrandt think that they're stuck in this world. Yeah, because they, they don't have the um, controller thingy. Right. He's just hoping that maybe he can find the other people that maybe they're there and they can get out. But they think that they've kind of hit the lottery because the commune thinks they're gods and they've got a giant mansion and a bunch of cars. Right. So he goes out cruising in this. He's all excited because it's a Cadillac. It's all painted in flowers and mm-hmm. stuff. That was oh, pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, and peace symbols and all that stuff. And he sees the house that he grew up in. Yeah. So he stops and he says to two kids on the lawn, do you think they'd mind if I go in and look? Of course they'd mind. Who wouldn't mind? You're a stranger going to somebody's house. Like, that's insanity. Yeah, the door's open. He's like, it looks like they're having some sort of party. The kids run away terrified. Right. (laughs) So he walks into this house and it turns out he's walking in to his own funeral. Yeah. Yeah. How messed up is that? Yeah, absolutely. And he was a soldier. Yeah. Fighting in Australia because, as we come to find out, <laughs> Vietnam is Australia. Yes. Uh, what happened is they, 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 there's a lot of exposition in, there in, is. in this show so far. But what happened was, is during World War II, uh, the United States lost the Battle of the Coral Sea. Uh, which was, you know, a, a key battle by Australia. And once uh, we achieved victory in Europe, uh, which did happen before Japan surrendered, uh, Russia decided to uh, help us out in the war in the Pacific. So they helped us out in the war in the Pacific. They retook um, the northern half 
of Australia. I guess the United States took the southern half of Australia. But then once the war ended, you know, Japan surrendered and whatever, uh, Russia decided never to leave. So yeah. they stayed in the northern half of Australia. And I guess they've been fighting a, a war, like a proxy war in Australia ever since. So since like 46, almost uh, almost 30 years. Wow. They've been they've been fighting. Is that right? No, I, longer than that. 50 years, right? 46 to 95. Yeah, that's almost 50 years. Yeah, so for like 50 years, <coughs> they've been fighting a war in Australia, I guess. Crazy. Yes. So that's uh, that's that's, where that's the alternate hi- history lesson for yeah. the day. But anyway. That's what the show is full of, though, is like oh, alternate yeah. history, basically. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's fascinating because, you know, if you change a, one little thing, it, the, it's... Fun to kind of explore the blood yeah. butterfly effect. So, okay, so he's listening to them talk about him, right? Mm-hmm. And people are kind of laughing at him. Yeah, his brother's all like, you know, I couldn't help that I was the better athlete. I couldn't help that I was uh, the better this, the better I had that. more musical talent. And, and that, that's what sets him yeah. off. And then he's like, he like jumps out and he's like, you know, you don't have any musical talent in your body, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, forgets for a second that he's supposed to be dead. Yeah, and they all kind of freak out. Yeah. It turns out that he's got a wife in this world and a son. Which he doesn't have normally. And the wife is somebody he had a crush on in high school. Right. And um, it's kind of weird. Like, and you're right. Like, she didn't seem very happy to see him. No. And the kid was just like, hey, now that dad's not dead, can we eat? Right. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> care at all. And the wife said something. He he asked her a question. Oh, mm-hmm. did we go to prom together? Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't remember? It took you 10 years of asking before I'd go out with you. Yeah, she gives him a, a history lesson, too. Right? And um, he he says that he's having trouble with his memory. So I guess they're assuming he has, like, amnesia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, so you were unfaithful to me. Yeah, she says that. She's like, I know that you were sleeping around over there in Australia. So I'm going to remind you what home cooking's like, yeah. is what she says. With those Sheilas in Australia. <laughs> and the next morning, he walks out of his room and like a freak is talking to himself about how much sex they had. Yeah. And then he sees that his son's like sitting there at the kitchen table hearing him. Does that make a lot of sense to you that the wife's response is, oh, I heard you've been cheating on me. Well, I'm going to fuck your brains out and show you why you shouldn't be cheating. No. <laughs> that would really, not be like 99% of women's response. really weird. I wonder if there's a guy writing this show. but Yeah, Tracy Torme, I told you. Because it seems Tracy Torme is a guy. Yeah. It seems like a guy response more than a girl response. Like a guy. I think a guy would be more like, I'm going to show you what you're stepping out on. No? Really? I, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know, but it was, it's messed up. And, um, the kids warning him like, oh, you better get her coffee ready. Mm-hmm. You better start cleaning. Yeah. And he's You're the most whipped man on the planet. Right. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? Your old dad might act like that. That's right. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is. Yeah. She is frightening. <laughs> oh yeah. She comes out and is yelling at him to, you know, do all the stuff. She's like, uh, one of the, the teachers in peanuts. Just, it's just constant stream of wah, 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 wah. right. So he's cleaning the house and doing all the stuff that she wants him to do, and um, they get a telegraph telegram, but telegram yeah. that says that he was just found. They get a Pony Express shut up letter, but he was found. Daniel so like, Boone brought a, brought a correspondence. Ah, decode this Morse code, please. But they, they found him, and he's in the hospital. So yeah. she is... The, the real... When you say him, what you mean is they found the Rembrandt Brown, Brown from for that this universe. dimension. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they just assumed he was dead, but he's not. No. And, and now she knows he's an imposter. So I want to know where that comes from. I don't know. Like, I mean, why doesn't she think maybe they made a mistake? Yeah, that's what I would think, because you just spent the night having sex with this guy, and it is the same guy. Basically. It's the same penis. Right? I mean, I guess. You would know if, if 
my penis was replaced with a different penis, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. You weirdo. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could get uh, an identical penis lookalike, maybe. But... So she comes after him with a shotgun. Yeah, and he takes off. So Which now... he should have done right away. Right. When she started barking orders at him, she should have been like, Oh, I'll see you later. I'm going to go out for some milk and then drive back to the uh, the commune uh, where they worshipped him. Right. And had a mansion. <laughs> like, did he really care about that kid that much that he didn't know? Yeah, I don't know. That kid wasn't very nice to him either. No. So, okay. So then we've got uh, Quinn and Arturo. Yep. For some reason, go to get an apartment. Yeah, basically what he says is, you know, we got we to gotta hole up and we've got to put our brains together because we're both really smart people in different areas of physics. And we got to put our brains together and figure out how to, how to get this timer so we can get home. Right. So so they start doing math on the walls like psychopaths. Well, I mean, and the lady they're renting from is really weird and suspicious. Oh, yeah. She's all like, uh, what do you think about the war? Yeah. So she's giving them a week trial basis, she says, Mm -hmm. and then she immediately goes and calls like the FBI and tells them that she thinks they're suspicious. Yeah, I think we should uh, bring him in right away and probably kill him. Dead or alive? Yeah, she's a freak. Yeah, she's a psychopath. So yeah, so they're doing math on the walls and sleeping in shifts. It's very weird. I mean, I guess that would be suspicious behavior. (laughs) I guess, but the FBI comes in and they're all like, "What's going on here? What what is this? A, A bomb?" And Arturo's like, a pipe bomb? Are you kidding me? This this puts a pipe bomb to shame. <laughs> Quinn's like, what is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> um, and so he has to explain it's not a bomb of any sort. Right. But still, they want to arrest him. So Ar- then Ar- oh, Quinn sees out the window Rembrandt yeah. who's driving back to the commune. So he grabs, the like he says to Arturo, oh, I got to get him. And they're like, you're not going anywhere. So Arturo grabs the gun. And holds one of the ladies, lady FBI agents, uh, at gunpoint, and he's like, "Go, go get him!" And yeah. so he uh, he runs out, finds him. They're reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> and eventually, Arturo's running after them, and they're all in the car, and they make it back. Arturo to the- does the most acrobatic. Oh, yeah. I almost Somersault. It's amazing over the back of the yes. car. And he's a big dude. It is so funny to it, see. It's like watching a little cannonball. It <laughs> looks like a magic trick. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they go back and they get uh, weighed and they mm-hmm. move on. Yep. And I cannot wait for next week mm-hmm. because they move on and we just see a giant, like, tsunami wave beginning oh, yeah. to crash over the city. Yeah, who knows? Like, they leave one uh like one environmental or whatever disaster, like apocalypse scenario in San right. Francisco. Then they go to hippie world. <laughs> now they've gone into another apocalyptic scenario. I want to see how they're going to get out of that one. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting. But yeah, so I, I you know, it seems like you continue to like the show that you know, it's, yeah. it's episode two, technically episode three. I mean, the, the pilot was like part one and two. Uh, so it's episode mm. one, episode two. Uh, this is technically episode three, I guess. But it's, you know, second week of it. Uh, but I, I liked it a lot. I liked Quantum Leap, though, you know. And Yeah, this is very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we might keep doing it. it. It's something definitely for, like, you know, when the spring and summer months and there's nothing new on. You can take a look at this, so. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, so the movie that we saw, we saw a film. Definitely much more up your alley than mine. Tommy Boy. Yeah. Chris Farley. David Spade. Excellent, excellent movie. Chris Farley might be the funniest person in the world. Oh, I disagree. Oh, okay. What was funnier? Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. What? I don't know. I was just trying to think of a comedian. Seriously, I don't really Jerry Seinfeld. I just I don't like the like slapsticky humor that he has going on. What's the deal with zippers? <laughs> Why do they always get stuck? Yes, George. Shut up. <laughs> I like Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, I like the show. 
it's a funny show, and I, I like Jerry Seinfeld, like in general. But oh my god, I mean, it's not even the same level, dude. I guess. Chris Farley, uh, physical comedy, A plus. Uh, you know, acting like a dumb idiot, like uh, like a Chevy Chase type, uh, like uh, you know, doesn't know what's going on. A plus. He's got comedic timing. A plus. I mean, just funny voices. The guy can make a three-year-old laugh. The guy could make a 90-year-old laugh. <laughs> I mean, he is universally hilarious. Okay. You only were meh at this movie, huh? Yes. You seemed to enjoy it when we were watching it. <coughs> I enjoyed it okay. It's just like the second week in a row that we did one of your kind of movies. I mean, you were like, you know... It was better than last week's movie. You were so excited. Your hand was in my lap. and you... <laughs> What is wrong with you? Oh, my goodness. He's lying, people. It's just not right, man. It's not that kind of movie. Well, you had to get popcorn. Uh-huh. And the, the popcorn bucket was, you know, near my lap. So your hand had to go near my lap. It did have to go near your lap, yes. You just didn't know that I cut a hole. Oh, God. That's disgusting. Move on. Ugh. Suddenly, this popcorn is saltier. Oh, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Your face. (laughs) Okay, none of that happened. But (laughs) we did watch the movie. (laughs) I'm not looking at you anymore. Ever again. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. So uh I um I really liked the movie. That's all I have Apparently. to say about it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the premise of the movie is really simple, if you haven't seen it. Tommy is a moron. Yes. And his dad owns a Parts manufacturer in a uh, uh, auto parts manufacturer in Columbus or in Sandusky, Sandusky Ohio. Uh, Richard, Richard, who is played by David Spade, is uh, one of the uh, the main people that works there. The right hand man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like you're my right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so so uh, the dad. Played by Brian Dennehy, uh, the sheriff from uh, Rambo. Well, First Blood, the original movie, First Blood. Uh-huh. He, um, he, he's the dad, and he's met Bo Derek at some like uh, spa, like fat farm, he, as he calls it. Yeah. And she, you know, wind him and dined him, and and they've only known each other for a short time, but she wants to marry him. And apparently, never mind. Sorry, I'll hold off on that. Okay. Apparently. I don't want it. no spoilers yet. Go on. So they get they get they're gonna get married, and Rob Lowe comes in. That's her son. I'm sorry. Can I just say one thing though? You can. Tommy comes home from school, mm-hmm. and his dad says, "I'm getting married Saturday." Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, how did he not tell him? He, this has obviously been planned for at least a little while. You would think so, because it's a because it's, it's a very large ceremony. Well, and the other lady's son's coming in town, so for that, so I mean, he had to know. I guess they just they wanted it to be a surprise. I guess it's very weird. But so Tommy, you know, Tommy's graduated. He's finally graduated, and, and seven years it, it took seven years. Yeah, and his dad gave him his own office because of it and everything with a refrigerator in it. Yeah, and a window. They could put six packs of soda. <laughs> See, that's hilarious the way he says that. Oh, you could put six packs of. Soda. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, so hey, maybe I don't want to marry you anymore. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh no. Oh, why would you say that? That's oh, mean. Oh, that is mean. I don't like you. I, <laughs> I don't like you anymore. Okay. <laughs> the show might be ending here, people. Oh no. That's okay. If if if, if you ever dropped out, I'd just get my friend Mike to do the show with me. Whatever, you and Mike couldn't pull this off, okay? <laughs> anyway, so uh, they have the wedding. Tommy Sr. dies of a heart attack. 
at the wedding. Yeah, very sad. It's very weird, too, though. Suspicious. Why is it weird? Suspicious? Well, because he's super rich, and then he just dies right when they get married. Like, she hasn't even had sex with him. That is suspicious. You're right. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, they have this new brake pad division. Uh, that's supposed to be the like the new lifeblood of the company. And they took a loan out from the bank, you know, to get more workers and more parts and, and all this stuff and everything before all this happened. So the dilemma is they need to pay the bank, but they don't have the money to pay the bank yet because the new brake pads, these parts, aren't sold yet. Right. They need to sell half a million in order to be able to pay the bank. And and the dad was like the main salesperson. Yeah, the dad was like a fantastic salesman. So what Tommy says is, he's like, well, we need more money to extend, you know, we need to extend ourselves a little bit more uh, so that we have time and everything. And he says to the banker, he's like, if I put up, you know, the house, uh, my my portion of the, um, the, uh, the company and everything is collateral, and all that stuff because when he died, the the, the new mom, uh, Beverly, I think her name is or something like that. Sure. And you know Tommy, they split the company, so they each have fifty percent. He's like, if I if I put all this up as collateral, will you give us a loan? And the bank guy's like, well, okay, sure. And uh, the the you know the board is they're all like, well, who's going to sell these brake pads? And Tommy goes, I'll do it. I'll go out on the road. I'll go on my dad. He says, I'll go on my dad's sales trip. So apparently he was, the dad still was planning to drive all around the country yeah. and do the sales trip. He's like, I'll do the sales trip and sell them. And everyone's like, Oh, ooh, I kind of like this idea. And somebody's like, ah, oh, but you don't know much about these brake pads. And he goes, but Richard does. Richard's going to go with me. So it's a, it's a road trip movie mm-hmm. with Chris Farley, David Spade, and the stakes are clear. They need to sell these brake pads in order to save the company and everyone's jobs. And, you know, there's just a lot of dumb humor. Is it, it really on. that dumb? Yes, because the whole premise is that he's dumb. And him acting dumb is the humor. Ah, but but there's things that are happen that are smart, you know. And plus, you know, it's pretty it's like a pretty smart scene to write where where David Spade goes in and he's talking to a guy uh uh, clerk at the um, at the gas station, and he goes, "Hey, where's Davenport?" And he goes, "It's twenty two mile from here." <laughs> and he goes, "And he goes, well, I don't see it on the map, and you say it's twenty two mile away, and you're really smart, <laughs> but it's not on the map. It's so weird." And then you know he goes, "You see this right here? This is this town we're in, uh, in southern Illinois." On the border of Iowa, which is where Davenport is, 22 miles from here. So you need a new map, which is what he told him at the uh, at the beginning. He's like, you're in the wrong state. You need a new map. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, you know, he's like putting his place. The whole time that's happening, uh, Tommy is outside trying to get gas in the car. It's not long enough. The hose isn't long enough to get there. So he backs up the car with the door still open, wrenches the door. Like, how lazy are you that you don't shut the fucking door? So then he, he like, you know, like back and forth, like it's like he's trying to open a can <laughs> to get this door finally closed. Gets closed, looks fine. David Spade walks up. He's like, hey, how come you didn't pump any gas? He's like, oh, they're all out. <laughs> they're all out. They only got diesel. Better go to the Let's next get station. out of here. And he's like, okay. So then he opens the door and it completely falls off. And Chris Farley looks at me and goes, what'd you do? <laughs> See, you're laughing at it even now. It was you funny like, the way you said it. You like this movie more than you want to give it credit. It was a fine movie. So the whole time there's this Zelensky dude that uh, is like kind of in the background played by, oh, what's his name? Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Oh, you got one by me. Savor the flavor. Um, but anyway, so uh, it turns out that, well, I guess, okay, so we don't want to, If in case you haven't seen the movie, we don't want to spoil anything about the movie. That's the basic setup of the film. What I think works really well about this is, first of all, it's written very well. I think there's a lot of heart in, in the movie, too. It's not all just... 
like surface, you know, oh, let's laugh at everything and not take anything seriously. There's a lot of actual stakes and weight and emotion to this movie. And I think that David Spade and Chris Farley have a, a tremendous amount of chemistry with each other. What do they you th- do. What do you think? They do have chemistry. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's better than I thought it would be going in. I'm sorry that, like, uh, you know, it's like you're having a fucking root canal <laughs> giving this uh, movie any kind of praise at all. You're like, why are you so reluctant to say you enjoyed something for once because in your life? Because it's dumb. It's not that dumb of a movie, though. Like, if we were talking about Ace Ventura, then I would absolutely give that to you. That is dumb humor. This is smarter than than I think you thought it was going to be. Okay, fine. Okay, well, I guess that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, it was it was fine. All right, great. Oh, come on. What? You're supposed to be like giving the summary here. Well, I didn't I don't want to say anything more cuz I don't want to ruin the uh I don't want to ruin the rest of the movie. I don't want to say what happens. All right. But um it's but- it's funny-ish. And Probably worth seeing. Let me ask you a question. Would you recommend it? I'd wait for it to come out on video at least. Really? Yes. You wouldn't go out and see it right away? I mean, I did. Well, yeah, you did because I made you because we had to do it for this. If you like that kind of humor, go for it. If not, wait. All right. Well, speaking of video, we're going to end this episode as we end every episode with our blockbuster pick of the week, Carol. This week, what are you thinking? Are you thinking uh, the Page Master? Are you thinking Baby's Day Out? <laughs> or Fern Gully, the last rainforest? Oh my God, there's nothing good coming out this week. No, no, not at all. If, if you really, uh, if you want to watch a movie that's so absolutely fucking awful... But you could probably laugh at it. Rent Baby's Day Out. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Rent something from the eighties. Yes. Get get um. Rent the movie Clue. Oh really? Oh, I love Clue. Okay. One of my favorite movies ever. I, I've never seen it, so I can't, Tim Curry. Can't oh really? Yeah. Oh, you'd like it. Okay. We'll rent it. It's really stupid humor. Oh, so no. you'll so you'll begrudgingly give it uh, praise, <laughs> or maybe I'll hate it. Oh. Like you hate everything. I do. You don't even like me anymore. Well, you don't want to marry me, so you know whatever. You already said you don't want to get married. No, we're not going to get married. That's what you said. Whatever. Exactly. Okay. Or loser. Oh my god. That's, That's devastating. You, by the way. It's devastating. All right, peoples. Um, why don't you go ahead and write us? Let me know if you think I should leave this um, mean person <laughs> who says he does not want to marry me. Okay. Um, or whether you want us to, you know, continue to review things. So yeah. it's uh, night, late fee 1994 at AOL.com. We could have, uh, uh, it could be like the movie He Said, She Said with Kevin Bacon and... Uh, it's um, another one I have not Elizabeth seen. Perkins. It's a good movie. All right. So, yeah, just let us know what you think and um, what you want to hear. All right. Bye. Bye.